All right, Megan, you know how it is. You know how I do. This is the cold open. We say a funny quote from the movie, and then we just change it up to make it about the show. You got this? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it might be a little new and strange for me. It's not like we've been doing this show for like a year and a half or anything. Yep. All right. So I've got it pulled up. Boss Baby, best quotes, movie quotes, and more.com. You ready for this? My name's Tim. Fuck, that's it, yeah, huh? Wow. Just my That's, na- that's um, okay. My, my name's Fun Fiction? No, no. Look at him. He wears a suit. He's like a little man. You know, from the funny movie, The, <laughs> the Boss Baby? The little, the little man. <laughs> He's the little man. Just wait until mom and dad find out about this. About what? Fun fictions! So welcome to Fun Fiction, the show where two idiots ruin that thing you like, and I apologize in advance, Scotty Moore. And it's all capitalism, baby. Womb to the tomb. I'm Megan Danger. Womb to the tomb. <laughs> so we're discussing the boss baby this week. We and sure are. I, uh, this is the first uh, film, I think, where I ever was like, I'm going to go see this as a bit. And then actually ended up loving it. So, like, as a 24-year-old alcoholic working at, like, Disney World and being like, I'm going to see Boss Baby. Aren't I funny and quirky? And then sitting in the theater like, this is the best fucking movie I've ever seen. Holy shit. You sure do say words sometimes, bud. It's not to the level of my adoration of Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers, which will get an episode one day. And, and I will um, continue to tell you why you're bad and everything you like is bad. Uh, this movie's fine, though. I We watched it. Me and RJ watched it, um, like, I don't know, whenever it was free on Netflix or whatever. As a goof. As a, as a goof-em-up yeah. to, haha, let's watch The Boss Baby. And we're like, oh, yeah, all right. This isn't bad. It's It's not good. But it's not bad. It's fine. I mean, for a kids movie, like I like I'm also coming at it from a different angle because like parent. So like for me, I'm like, OK, this is a good movie. The first one, especially to kind of show like like with CJ when we brought Ripley home, you know, OK, look, see, you don't have to share love. It's something that everyone has. And so it's a fun way to kind of make that a story where kids can understand it easily okay and then in in that sense yeah no i get you because yeah i am coming at it having what i guess i was like i was in my late 20s or whatever when this movie came out uh but now i am just sort of enamored of the idea of you sitting cj down and be like look there's a new bit watch this movie so you'll learn there's a new baby coming and she might be a businessman who's going to like <laughs> just like fuck with you. Uh, it does. Have, <laughs> she my might favorite just be a little man in a suit, and if you try to tell us, we won't believe you. <laughs> we will gaslight the fuck out of you if you try to address our sweet, sweet business child. <laughs> um, uh, and all of that, I'm saying, uh. Unlike anything having to do with the sequel, which I watched 
less than two hours ago <laughs> and holy <laughs> shit it's not even fun bad it's just bad bad uh, what i loved was receiving updates from you um as you were watching because you phrased each one as the boss baby <laughs> is doing xyz the boss baby has been pushed into a drawer the boss baby is and it's great because it felt like i was getting like those like alert messages or something from the government <laughs> like the boss baby has breached the outer wall the boss baby is in your neighborhood it's coming for you <laughs> can you imagine getting an amber alert for the boss baby <laughs> Uh, yeah, hold on. <laughs> Let's see. There's a new boss baby. Um, the boss baby was asleep and they put him in a drawer and shut it closed. <laughs> boss baby just kissed a horse. Boss baby just watched Spirit, Stallion of the Cerulean, <laughs> in a book movie theater, meaning this movie took place in 2002. And there was a shocking lack of 9-11 representation <laughs> for a film from 2002. <laughs> At no point did this boss baby mention <laughs> Twin Towers. The boss baby has enrolled in a Montessori school to combat Jeff Goldblum. So the second one, I I want to talk a little bit about the first one because it is I genuinely really dig it. I think a lot of the fun animation styles they got into was really fun with it. Like when they went into Tim's imagination, that was really fun. There's a uh, I'm surprised they had the rights to use a Beatles song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blackbird, yeah. which... Which is one of my... Which actually I'll, one of my favorite Beatles songs. And fuck it. I guess it's because they would have had to get the rights a second time. But, like, nowhere in the sequel is it brought up. <laughs> it seems like several of the actors make no appearance in the second film at all, based on what you were telling me. <laughs> um. Well, yes and no. Like, there's some weird ones who come back. Like, Jimmy Kimmel, who's now playing the same character, but, like, 20 years older. But he's just like, hello, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. I am your granddad. I'm like, no, Jimmy. It's me, your grandfather, Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know what the fuck Jimmy Kimmel sounds like. Generic white man. That's all it takes. <laughs> you did it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how much I want to sit here and just hear about Boss Baby 2. I will, I will start making allusions to Alec Baldwin being a uh, committed committing uh, manslaughter. So, <laughs> look, the the props person told the boss baby that rattle wasn't loaded, and yet the boss baby fired anyway. The uh, the boss baby apparently it was um, his production, and he had been incredibly lax with safety procedures in general. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the the, um, the boss baby was at fault for you know shooting and killing someone on accident i'm never a person who's like this is wrong on wikipedia this probably needs to be changed but i feel like the part on the boss baby thing that says possible sequel <laughs> like a possible third movie i'm like no you could probably cut that at this point i don't think anybody's gonna be like also new boss baby movie with the dude who committed manslaughter let's go folks. <laughs> let's do it i mean they're making the tv show is he did he do the voice for that um, no, the, the TV show is all right. It's not the best. There's apparently two now. There are two Boss Baby shows. Oh, there are two discrete Boss Baby television shows. It's buck wild because 
both of the shows and the like you remember when um black mirror i know did the like weird um <laughs> choose your own adventure thing oh yeah but, yeah which i can't i yeah, can't they did do one of those. on my tv for some reason uh, it's called like um is black mirror bun- Bob, wasn't it like babadook or something <laughs> it was black mirror hawk babadook starring benedict cumberbatch <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they have a boss baby one of those too, where you can kind of control the boss baby. Fun fact: Can you make the boss uh, baby recent- shoot a gun? <laughs> <laughs> this is fucked up. This is a fucked up joke, and I regret making it. <laughs> Look, but Tim gave the order. The boss baby was merely following instructions. Boss baby, execute order sixty six. <laughs> Templeton, I killed. More younglings, more young than I am. Youngerlings. <laughs> so I do want to talk about the that like, car not cartoon. What's it called? Like choose your own adventure, Netflix style. I don't know what the official names of in are. interactive cartoon. Yeah. Uh. Well, the other day we had to get CJ off of playing video games all the time because he comes from a family with an addictive personality, and I'm like, hey, bud, look, I <laughs> calm it down. And we were on Netflix, and I was just scrolling through, and this, like, t- almost 10-year-old was, I said, oh, yeah, the boss baby thing, that's like a video game. And the kid's <laughs> so fucked up, like, he's like a heroin addict on the streets, and he's like, it's like, I get to control the fucking boss baby, let's go, folks. That's basically Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I get to tell the baby whether to eat an apple or an orange? Hell yes, let's do this. <laughs> I mean, I assume that's what Roblox is. I, I don't understand what <laughs> Roblox is. Uh, so, yeah, going on to the, the sequel, which I did see. Firstly, there's a new boss baby in town, and it's a girl boss baby. Because <gasps> the fucking liberal agenda got to DreamWorks. <laughs> so we need a new boss baby for the woke libs out there. <laughs> I need um, I need a queer gender fluid boss baby of color, please. <laughs> I need my my weird it, baby capitalism to be woke. Also, do they do they explain more of what the fuck the ba- baby corp and shit is? Do, like, do we get more um, of that in the sequel? Because it still confuses the shit out. Because the first movie kind of frames it as like you know because it's like the dad telling the story and stuff. Like we eventually like you know pull out of the. Narr- you know the narrative frame and it's like you could be like yeah he was he's recounting like a fun clever story for his little kid and also this is like through his recollections of being seven years old and thinking this new baby is the devil so like yeah and he's like a very creative kid so I love that ending because at the end of the day you could still just be like okay he's creative he's just met like this there's evidence that this may have not happened. And it's fine. That this is it's just cute. And that's that's a fun story. Yeah. Everything in the Boss Baby 2 family business definitely happened. <laughs> there is nothing to tell you that this did not fucking happen. Uh, but going back to your Baby Corp question, uh, absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing of import comes to it. Because in the first one, it is straight up just like, there are two types of baby. There is normal baby, what goes to family, and then there is, like, a cryptid baby that will be baby forever and ha- gets to be a business child. 
Why? Because the babies, um, the babies need a, a strong central government, and that is what the <laughs> baby seeks to do. He will live forever got- through the power of infant capitalism. <laughs> Yes, I I guess it's because like, haha, boss baby, that's funny. Well, the boss baby got to work somewhere. Baby Corp, what's that place do? Man, <laughs> it's called the boss. But ba- I don't fucking know. <laughs> We're basing this off a picture book, man. Leave me the fuck alone. But like, the important thing to remember is that it was clearly like a choice, I guess, and that. <laughs> I guess also they were born this way in a way. Um, I feel like a congressman arguing about homosexuality right now. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) you either become a good baby that just goes to a home or you become a boss baby that does (laughs) government for babies, right? No, no. I I got to stop you there because I got got another question. (laughs) Okay. So, like, you know how there's, you know, different, um, like, kind of folk advice about, like, if you want a boy or a girl, where it's like, oh, if you eat, like, <laughs> seafood or something or some other kind of, like, iron-rich thing, it's more likely to be a boy or girl, which is bullshit, but whatever. Is there something that you could be doing <laughs> that when you get pregnant makes it more likely to be a business baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, in this universe... Fucking does not exist from what I can tell. The baby comes out on a slide and then it's just there. That's it. That's how baby happens in this. That's how baby is formed in this universe. Which, um, like, and, and again, it was cute in the first one. Like, didn't he come out? He drove up in like a little cab or something. Yeah, like, and then he just kind of struts out and it's, with it's, the swagger. It's bizarre, but also you don't expect a seven-year-old to know like where the fuck babies come from. So like it, it make it works. But also the thing about the business babies <laughs> is that they, from what I could discern from the first one, don't have families. Like they are truly orphaned. Like the only reason the boss baby aligns with the Templeton family is because he wants to like infiltrate puppy corp god this movie sounds worse and worse the more i have to describe it to you um but that's what brings me now to the sequel and it is the fact that and this also goes back to a genetics question for me is that ted who nope tim tim ted's the boss baby tim is not the boss baby there you go tim has a daughter who is also a business baby but didn't come from Baby Corp, from what I can tell. It looks like they just had this baby bespoke, and then one day this baby was like, oh, yeah, no, I am actually your child. Like, it calls him daddy on a regular basis. So I'm like, okay, so wait, are you a mixture of them both? Are you a work-and-life balance business baby (laughs) that gets both sides of the coin? Uh, she was born a regular baby, but they're choosing to raise her as a business baby. Uh, honestly, there is a scene <laughs> oh that alludes to that. <laughs> I like work-life balance a... baby, though. That's very good. Yeah. Uh, no, that's also from the movie. This, oh, I'll God be damn honest. It. <laughs> that's what sucks about this movie is because they know, like, marketing-wise, 
how are you gonna market Boss Baby 2 with the Boss Baby, clearly? But then they don't do anything with the new boss baby. Like she does nothing throughout the whole movie. And she's the most enthralling character because it's just Amy Sedaris playing this little pedantic business child. It it feels like, you know how like they did with like Bill and Ted. And there were a few movies that all appealed to my Scotty Moore will cry because of a father daughter relationship thing. Usually the daughters do most of the shit in the movie. And the dads are just like, yeah, you do that cool, cool thing. <laughs> Not in this one. <laughs> they just kind of fuck off for most of the movie while um, adult ass James Marsden and Alec Baldwin and a baby body go about and have fun with uh, with Jeff Goldblum. And that brings me on to one of the other things you said, which was the replacement of actors. I am fine with Alec Baldwin's voice coming out of a baby's body. What I'm not <laughs> fine with is James, James Marsden's voice coming out of a child when the first movie had a child voice for the boy, but now it's just James Marsden the whole time. That's so weird. Well, it's because, okay, the second one, they're all... It's literally like, if you gave me five seconds to come up with a sequel, this would be it. They're grown up now, but then they gotta get back in the baby game and do some baby crimes. And As that's one it. does. And so that's all it is. So it is adult Tim gets turned into a child again, and then the boss baby gets turned into a boss baby again to fight Jeff Goldblum, who arguably may have the worst character design of any villain I have ever seen in media. It is it is bad to look at. Yeah, I didn't watch this because I love myself and um, I practice a little <laughs> thing called a self-care, but you did send me pictures of Jeff Goldblum in his adult man disguise and his true boss baby <laughs> yeah, he's a baby, <laughs> and honestly, so, like, if you look him up, he's not super bad. Like, he almost looks like uh, the fucking mayor of Sim City. Like, he's got, like, the big, fluffy uh, hair doodlers on both sides. But then <laughs> he just removes all of it. He just removes, it's not like, okay, his clothes are gone. No, every single aspect of his head, he's just like an M&M-shaped human being <laughs> with a, actually, you know what he look? he looks like when the Ninja Turtles in the 80s had to, like, go in disguise and they wore those weird human masks. Oh, those fucking creepy as shit. Well, that's what he looked like. That's what this horrifying yeah, little baby looked like. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking like. at this this awful fucking gif you sent me. That That is indeed what he looked like. Uh, I do enjoy how I spent most of it complaining, and then at one point I just said, yep. Fucking cried at Boss Baby too. You did. You 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 spent upwards of an hour systematically sending me these texts of like the Boss Baby is is here. The Boss Baby is committing crimes. The Boss Baby is making references to Shawshank Redemption, and then you just like said, and I cry. I was just like, God damn it, Scotty, Scotty, you, <laughs> you fucking Mark. <laughs> I didn't. I, if you bring up a daughter and father, it'll work. Also, you fucking like, Mark. They, man, they bitched my boy Tim out. I just want to say it. Uh, he is a, a 
a stay-at-home dad, and it's not like he has anything he does on the side. Like, if you had looked at me and were like, oh yeah, Tim, he's now a podcaster, I'd be like, yeah, I'd believe it. I'd believe this now. His kids apparently hate him. His daughter is like, I'm not gonna kiss you goodnight. I feel like I've grown beyond that. And then the next day, <laughs> kisses the boss baby, and he, like Tim was like, I'm not fucking having this anymore. That's Wait, why, why did she kiss the boss baby? Because it's it's her uncle, and she loves her uncle, so she wants to express that love for the, the guy who buys her a lot of stuff because he's a rich uh, business magnet. Ah. Should I just... It's not a long synopsis. Do you, do you, do you, not, do you kin adult Tim? I don't kin him because he's not also a podcaster like I am, but there were multiple <laughs> moments during this film where I was like, fuck, I kin the boss baby's brother. I'm not, I don't even kin the boss baby. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking suck. All right, I'm going to try to just get through that. Tim lives with his wife, Carol, who's a baddie. I'm not even going to lie. And their two daughters, seven-year-old Tabitha and then tiny Tina. Tim's younger brother, Ted, he's the fucking boss baby, Wikipedia, don't change this, is a successful CEO and is never around, cause business. Uh, Looks like you never really grow out of being a boss baby after all, am I right? <laughs> I would love if there was just like a fucking scene like... <laughs> Captain America at the end of Endgame, but it's the boss baby. It's just like I went back in time and I got to live a normal life. Oh, see, I, I was uh, thinking but, of like, no, instead they just opened a door and he's still like growing up Alec Baldwin doing business things, but he's got a diaper fetish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tabitha's exhibiting grown up behavior. One night while Tim is wondering about the person his daughter's becoming, he hears something from Tina's room. She's a boss baby. That's all that is. She's been assigned to get the boss baby there for a special mission, but Tim won't call the boss baby, saying that he never comes. Bad <laughs> phrasing, Wikipedia. He encourages Tina to go back to sleep, but then Tina leaves the shittiest fake voicemail for the boss baby, luring him back to the house. Uh, the next day, they go to baby court, but they're all adults now. Then Tina just gives them random juice that turns them back into babies and during this scene they get into a fight while time warp from rocky horror plays as they just slowly get younger and younger and it's a nightmare to fucking look at yeah that sounds bad to watch so they they get younger and younger but they they still got old man voices which i guess is at least consistent for boss baby it's consistent for the boss baby but it's just not good with james marsden because like He's a, a boss baby. You know, we focus a lot on the folks. We focus a lot on the boss part here on the show, but he is still a fucking baby. <laughs> and which means to keep his disguise, he just has to shut the fuck up. That's it. James Marston has to be like a child. So he's walking through. Okay, so spoiler alert. Fuck. The man who is played by Jeff Goldblum, who is a baby in a giant man robot suit, um, they have to infiltrate the school and he has to be like a child at a school that his daughter goes to. And he's just like, why, hello there, children. It is me. Definitely young boy. Now, why do the boss babies have to infiltrate a school? Because, um... Because, because the baby in a robot suit's doing some real bad things, but they don't know what it is. Um, they, just, Ted, they just know it's bad. 
they just know it's bad. So Tim gets into his daughter's class so they could kind of like align. And then they realize that this is kind of like a psycho Montessori school that's trying to like be like, oh, kids are the future. Kids are so smart. And I'm like, well, this is they're very good points you're making. And Montessori schools are usually pretty successful. But they are also not run by a giant baby in a robot suit, so you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I went to Montessori school as a little kid, and I, you know, I don't remember a baby in a giant robot suit, but I, I was also pretty young, so. Yeah, you probably just forgot yeah. it. Uh, Tim gets in trouble and gets put into timeout, which was literally just a giant sensory deprivation chamber where they show images of, like, a sunset on all the walls, so it feels like you're in a sunset. There is, like, um... Fuck, why can't I remember the name? There's, like, candles lit all around it, and Enya's playing. (laughs) That's great. The boss baby somehow gets Spider-Man powers. I do not know how this happens, but I sent you the scene. You did. Where just the boss baby's climbing on the fucking ceiling, (laughs) and I don't know why. Is it... Meant to be a train spotting reference? I don't think <laughs> so. I think there's the boss baby has uh, the upcoming scenes reveal that he's very sticky, but I don't know how. I don't know how or <laughs> why he's babies, so sticky. Babies be sticky. So then boss baby discovers that um, Jeff Goldblum is actually a baby himself running away from his home after he realized that he was smarter than his parents. And now he makes money. By, you know, the popular thing, like if you put a million, uh, like an infinite number of monkeys in a room, they will eventually type out Shakespeare. Sure. So Jeff Goldblum kidnapped an infinite number of babies, but instead of doing Shakespeare, he's making them develop telephone apps. That's, it's almost really funny, but it's also, it like kidnapped real babies or business babies? No, these are real babies. Why does no one miss these babies? Well, uh, no, it's revealed that, that apparently that's pretty like the, fucking dark. Well, the parents pick them up at the end of the day, but oh, they are. Oh, they're day laborers. Yeah, they're day <laughs> you said <laughs> You said kidnapped. That carries implications, Scotty. As, as kidnapped as any elementary school can say they have kidnapped children throughout the day. <laughs> His ultimate plan is to get rid of all parents so they can't tell kids what to do anymore. And I'm like, this is the exact opposite of the first boss, baby, in that I do not want to show this to my children. Because there's a whole scene where he was like, I, uh, I, uh, my, uh, my parents were trying to tell me what to do. And, uh, well, we learned that magic word, didn't we, folks? Isn't it? No. And then it's just all the babies screaming no as he's trying to, like, be like, all right, do that. Go do this. Eat healthy. No, no, no. And I'm like, there's going to be nothing in this film to help me fight against this. So I'm never showing this film to my kids. Yeah. Ripley don't need to see that one. <laughs> Might be might yeah, be too uh, late for the ten year old, but <laughs> so uh, then B Day comes, also known as Baby Victory Day. <laughs> Christ, yeah, I was where you said the babies are storming the beaches at Normandy. <laughs> yes, the boss baby has breached the German defenses. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, the brothers and Tina plan to expose Jeff Goldblum, uh, but then they learn that the night of Tabitha Solo is also the night of B Day, which is going to happen through his new app cutie snap which is gonna hypnotize the parents because they're all gonna be taking pictures of the pageant so it's smart 
because all of these parents are definitely going to download a new app to take photos on their phone with. Uh, both Tim and Ted get caught by Armstrong's real quote here, ninja babies. <laughs> and then they get put into timeout and then timeout slowly begins to fill with water. So he's going to try to drown the boss bait. <laughs> My favorite part about this whole thing, by the way, is watching Megan slowly dissociate as I'm explaining the second Boss Baby movie. I mean, they're going to try to drown the Boss Baby is a really good sentence. (laughs) Uh, Tabitha sings her solo, but then she sees that her dad's not there and she runs off the stage crying, which got me a little emotional. But then uh, Baby... New baby boss baby walks up to Tabitha. You know the secrecy is like big with baby corp. And Tita just pimps up and is like, hey, yeah, fucking sucked, right? You want to go save dad? (laughs) Uh, She agrees. They get to the server and they cut down. They shut down this application before it can go worldwide. And then Ted, a boss baby, calls a horse. There's been a horse this whole movie. I forgot about that. There's yeah. a horse in this movie. Who, who, who does the horse belong to? It's Tabitha's pony. And like the joke is the fact that the boss baby got her the pony. Ah. And, so Tim, and it, the pony hates Tim. So it's mm. a fun little running joke or whatever. Anyways, the pony beats the shit out of Time Out and lets them out of it. Then there's zombie parents. Then they set off a candy lava volcano with Mentos and Coke and then that's the fucking movie. So why did they need to be babies? Why could wouldn't it have been much easier to like stop the the Jeff Goldblum baby if they were adults and they could just like pick him up? I think it well no they had to <laughs> I think it's because they had to get into the school. They had to see what was going on. But Wait, they already had someone on the inside. They yeah, didn't you say his, yeah, his daughter was going to the school already? So he could have just gone to the school, be like, I'm here to get my daughter, and walk up to the Jeff Goldblum baby and pick him up. I guess it's to know what the plan is, because he he had it very under wraps at points, I guess. Um, yeah, there is no part of corporate espionage that I think being a baby assists <laughs> you in, <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah, it's it's not particularly advantageous i don't think well on to the the fun fiction of the evening and i've realized i have already done some fan fiction for boss baby before it was a D campaign we did on an episode of a load of bs wherein i got to play my favorite D character which is a rogue um it's a rogue like halfling or no a roguish dwarf whose biggest ability is disguise and he's been able to convince everyone around him that he is just a tiny baby in a suit, and his name is B-A-H-S-B-A-B-B-Y, Boss Baby. <laughs> so we did, a, uh, we did a full campaign where Boss Baby's brother got kidnapped by Krampus, and we had to save him before Christmas. So go check out Boss Baby versus Krampus on a load of BS if you want some additional action this week, folks. But, Megan, I did one of those things. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Where I started with a really bad premise Mm -hmm. and was like, it's okay. I'll just let the goofs carry us through. It'll be fine. And then it started being really good at the end. And I got upset with the beginning premise because I was like, fuck, this is a really good story that I am wasting on this. 
But I was chilling back and I was thinking, what other fun things could we see as baby? There was baby Groot. There was baby yoga. There was baby yoga. There, baby baby yogurt, you know? <laughs> and so the title of mine, might as well rip this bandage off now. It is called Baby Bin Laden and the Time Stoppers. Parentheses, no wait, hear me out. Second set of parentheses, seriously, it's not that bad, I promise. Scotty, am I going to want to take it's, my name off of the podcast? It's coming from this place. Firstly, it's not that Bin Laden, technically. It's inspired by like the concept of, you know, with like time travel. When someone's like, oh, if you could travel through time, what's the first thing you would do? Oh, go back and, like, find evil dictator, kill them. That way that horrible thing doesn't happen. So, you know, if anybody, if, like, time, if the ability to time travel started happening, those would be, like, the first people to get targeted. What does this have to do with Boss Baby? It's about a baby. <laughs> it's a baby Bin Laden, which isn't the best. So, our film begins in the Middle East, where the camera pans through a small nursery to a young baby. Play- <laughs> I wonder who. Playing with an old man in a hood who sings him a lullaby before going to sleep. As he exits and leaves the baby alone, we hear three consecutive- Four individuals, two men, and two women enter. Wearing some future punk gear and wearing oversized watches on their wrists. We hear them arguing. And at this point, the opening of this is basically that scene at the beginning of the Grinch movie where the teens are like, you won't fucking do it, pussy. <laughs> and so they're arguing about if they really have the balls to do what they're about to do because they have decided to go against the laws of time and space and rewrite the laws of their timeline by fulfilling the fantasy of any basic-ass time traveler to go back in time and kill baby Osama Bin Laden. The quartet of people slowly approach the crib, but none of them can find the strength in themselves to do it because it's a fucking baby. <laughs> I'm not killing a baby in my movie. One of them finally picks up baby Osama and begins rocking him back to sleep after he wakes up crying, which leads to one of them being like, The fuck? That's- Why? Don't- Don't try to console that they were here to kill. And they get into a fight, they try to wrestle Bin Laden away, when suddenly... They panic, they toss Big O back into his crib, where they notice that he's actually taken one of their wrist teleporters off and activated it, sending him, well, he didn't go back in time, but he didn't go forward either. You see, those four individuals call themselves time stoppers because they exist outside of the concept of time itself. They walk our timeline essentially like we would stroll down the street with different years, days, months acting like a building you could visit. They walk eternal down the road called time, and some men try to protect the various timelines while others seek to end them. Anyways, what's this story about again? Oh yeah, Osama Bin Laden, but then as a baby, <laughs> appears on the neon streets of the 1900s. So, baby Hitler just, you, you thought about it, because that's the obvious one, is because people try to go back in time and kill Hitler, and you go, and you went, no, no, that's too much. They won't let me get away with that. Hmm. Who else perpetrated a, a tragedy in recent memory? Osama <laughs> eh, Bin Laden. Yeah, why not? Mayan 
I uh, I hate that sometimes you know my exact thought processes between some of my decisions. Because that the original title of this was Baby Hitler Time Cop. And I was like, that's too much. We can't do that. Let's put Bin Laden. And I, as it goes on, I do start referring to it as the child. So it gets real Mandalorian <laughs> real quick. Uh... Baby Osama bin Laden slowly sits up nervously as he looks down the alleyway to see the streets evolve from the psychedelic colors of the 60s into the bright lights of the 70s, neons of the 80s, all the ways to the 2000s, which descend into a dark corridor at the end of the alley. Bin Laden begins to do all that a baby knows how to do, which is cry, when he is suddenly picked up by a mysterious stranger who quickly absconds with the baby and rushes him backwards into a hideaway in the 1930s, where the film takes on the theme of an old black and white noir so that's once again much like boss baby (laughs) i feel like much like boss baby (laughs) i feel like the intriguing thing for this film would also be like the different genres you could go through and the different depictions of things like as you could go through things yeah i i actually i think that's really cool like yeah that you'd be able to have different like themes and how you're going to show stuff and also just that way to conceptualize time travel is really interesting, but it it has nothing to do with Boss Baby, and also you've chosen to do it about Baby Osama Bin Laden. Now you see why I got upset. <laughs> now you see why I'm like, damn it, why did I throw this out on Baby Osama Bin Laden? Well, y- y- you could have stopped is the thing. But the, no, because now I've already got the good shit in there, and now I want to see what exists in that world it's okay i take it away from baby bin laden pretty quickly um we get a few scenes that are pretty much just the fucking mandalorian with this mysterious stranger solving cases and fighting crimes on the timeline while the child (laughs) of unnamed origin joins him every step of the way Uh, as the film continues we get glimpses of our antagonist the great reliever who purports himself to be the god of the Time Stoppers, essentially the one who blessed all of the individuals walking the timeline with the ability to do so. He's very affluent and charismatic, and ah, fuck, it's just Jeff Goldblum again, isn't it? Shit. (laughs) But he is also a man that controls every single inch of the timeline himself, and he has the power to pluck whoever he wishes out to push the tide of reality in whichever direction he wishes. But he never wanted the child to escape the timeline. It is Bin Laden. Thus begins a timeline-wide manhunt for the baby and the mysterious stranger who's forced to confront his allegiance against the Great Reliever while attempting to protect the child. One of the biggest threats comes from a large, terrifying, kind of like Terminator morpher type whose name is F8. Like fate. You get it? Like fighting fate, going against the hands of fate. Like a running theme within this. Yeah, that that's a that's it, a bit that belongs in Boss Baby. That's a Boss Baby level. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you remember the chunky baby from the first Boss Baby? Yes, I do. He fucked. <laughs> it's a I'm str- sorry. It's, <laughs> it's just a strange thing to, to just uh, insert into the middle of your fan fiction. I, I mean, because I guess he's he would be an adult now. He's an adult and he does have a baby confirmed at the end of the boss baby family business. And I hate it. I mean, here's the Uh, thing, Scotty. Most babies do grow up to fuck. You tell me the boss baby fucks? (laughs) Boss baby fucks. (laughs) Uh, Eventually, after a big scrape that barely leaves them alive, baby 
and the man lay next to a fire in the early 1900s where the baby pulls out a picture of the mysterious stranger, a lot younger and smiling as he stands next to a small aircraft. The stranger smiles at it quietly before remarking, well, I guess it's time you found out. He explains that his name is Alejandro Bello, and that picture was taken during his pilot training for the Chilean military. He had such great promise as a soldier and was one of the best pilots around, but two nights before he was set to make his qualifying flight, he was visited by the Great Reliever, who showed him the future that awaited him. He aligned with the Chilean military, Alejandro would have been forced to fight his own people and keep them appeased as a great dictator rose to power. Alejandro was forced to see his own people die at his hands as he flew overhead and shot them down in his plane. He became what he hated, but he had no choice. At least, that's what the Great Reliever told him. So he gave him a way out, he gave him the Time Stopper, an opportunity to leave that violent future, that evil that was within him, and walk on the timelines. And on the day of his qualifying flight, the reports claim that Alejandro flew high into the sky above the clouds, and then suddenly disappeared. In reality, his plane and he crashed into the world of the Time Stoppers, and he's been trying to help the Great Reliever ever since, attempting to protect the timeline from people like he was going to be. He then looks at Baby Bin Laden and sighs, laying down for the night. We then cut to the moon high overhead, and both men sleeping like babies, one more literally than the other, when we hear those ominous... And Alejandro's eyes. She, I just now realized that the fucking Mario Kart <laughs> intro. No. That was what that is. Uh, I, I was sitting here thinking, wait, is this why you brought up 9-11 back at the beginning of the episode? No, this has not. There's no 9-11 in this. There's a shocking lack of 9-11 in this boss baby fan fiction. Alejandro's eyes shoot open and he quickly grabs the child, attempting to shield him when suddenly F-8's robotic arms wrap around his neck and begin to choke the life from him as two more soldiers grab the child and take him away. Alejandro attempts to fight, but then he passes out. And then the mech grabs the time stopper from his wrists and with those three beeps disappears back onto the timeline leaving Alejandro stranded with no way to save the child. We then cut to the Great Reliever excitedly receiving the child into his arms as he strolls the streets, crust-punk time stoppers all scrambling for an autograph, but they get taken out by his escorts. The Great Reliever slowly walks forward in time, passing by the 80s, the 90s, and as he does... To end today. Begin to <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Damn it! As he does, the sounds of gun gunfire and screams get louder and louder before he stops at 2011 and laughs. Well, I hate to be one for spoilers, but here's the proverbial end of the line for you, little one. But uh, not before years of bloodshed and hatred and anger builds up these walls around us. Not before you graffiti your name on the back alleys of history and not before the world gets its opportunity to find its next villain, and you... Oh, they hated you. They hated you so much, they had professional athletes proudly announcing the news of your death to thousands of screaming fans. When they didn't realize, you had already won. Because you made them feel... terror. You made them doubt themselves. You made them look over their shoulder every morning 
they woke up. I mean, sure, a few of them fought back. A few of them foolishly proclaimed they had hope. But those proud screams of the few were outweighed by the bellows of the many. And after a few years, a couple of natural disasters, some bipartisan fighting, and a whole ass plague. And you know what it spells? The end of the line. He then looks forward down the corridor where the once large and spacious alleyway- Is there a reason the Great Reliever is Ryan Reynolds? Oh, fuck. I was not even- That's just my voice, dude. <laughs> you no, you were, you, 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 were do, you were doing the affectation. That's my acting voice. <laughs> After this ominous monologue, he looks forward down the corridor where the once large and spacious alleyway filled with bright lights and vibrant colors- begins to darken and the wide open spaces of the timeline begin to get tighter and tighter until only a single file line could fit through and when he reaches the end there's nothing left only oblivion you see those people had hope they had dreams they were on a path to discovering technologies that would rival my own mind's creations and i i can't have that so, you, my adorable little bean, are going to serve as my sledgehammer to the walls of the Tower of Babel, and we, together, will bring this civilization to its knees where it will bow before me. Because time is on my side. Hey. So, what do you say? Let's get things moving around here. And with a quick press of his time stopper, the great reliever and the child find themselves back in that small nursery where they find the four teenagers still arguing amongst themselves about whose fault it is that that baby got sent onto the timeline. They quickly look up and swarm the great reliever who immediately has them all arrested because holy fuck, what? <laughs> he excitedly places the child back into its crib when suddenly a muffled gunshot rings through the silent nursery. The Great Reliever looks up to discover that old hooded man who was singing the child to sleep at the beginning of the movie. Well, he slowly removes his hood to reveal that it was indeed Alejandro Bello, who slowly approaches the Great Reliever after 40 years on the earth, attempting to catch his breath as blood pours from the shoulder of this great dictator. I always had a fucking choice, Bello remarks. And I... I fought for my people. I didn't fight against them. I fight with the honor of Chile tattooed on my heart. You told me the only way to win was to leave the fight. Well, now after 40 years proudly serving my country, proudly serving my people, I know the only way to win is to fight. And yes, I made mistakes. And yes, it was hard. But I never gave up hope. Hope for this moment right now. And that hope, whether you like it or not, is going to live on through him. Because my voice may not be loud today. My message may not be loud today, but it will live on. And it will grow with every single ear that hears it. And the only end of the line that's coming is yours. With that, the old man places a second bullet through the head of the Great Reliever, who falls back dead. The finish of the film sees Alejandro return to the timeline with the child, where they essentially enter everyone into a bit of a rehabilitation program, attempting to return them back to their lives on the timeline, where they could happily reunite with their families and friends. They slowly pull apart everything the Great Reliever had constructed with the use of the Time Stoppers. 
Alejandro serves as an Obi-Wan Kenobi type to the child, watching him from afar as he grows up, before one day Alejandro passes away. When the child asks him why he protected him for so long, in his dying breath, he expresses that he wanted to prove that everyone has a choice. A choice between letting fear stop them in their tracks, or for hope to propel them to a better future. When Ben asks if he made the right choice, Alejandro merely smiles and passes away to our final shot of the film that sees his spirit rise back into the timeline one last time, which sees that long stretching alleyway of the 2000s suddenly widen as it brightens up with vibrant art and technology which seems to stretch on for decades further. Alejandro smiles because he sees that truly his one voice became the voice of the many, and that thanks to him, and also baby Osama Bin Laden, that hope was alive again. You see what I mean? <laughs> like, if I had started with any other prompt, I would adore this story. That's one of the weirder things you've done in a while. Also, you're really <laughs> pinning a lot on... 9-11 somehow keeping us from like moving forward into a utopian civilization which i mean that's very that's very bright-eyed and optimistic of you i'll give you that <laughs> it's also just not a sentence i thought i was going to say on our fun fiction episode of the boss baby <laughs> Uh, take take those my... time travel concepts and go go write something better please <laughs> Um, I, I will say, I, I mean, I would probably, if, if I did try to expand that into something fully, it would be just like a generic guy who did a bunch of bad shit. <laughs> I mean, to play, be like, it's Osama Bin Laden. I mean, yeah, you, you uh, could, you I could just make stuff up. <laughs> I will say in my admittedly limited research I did in the hour I wrote this, oh, the most intriguing thing I found was in fact this on Wikipedia. Which says, Osama and Bin Laden redirect here. For the elephant, see Osama Bin Laden elephant. There have been two separate elephants named Osama Bin Laden that have just gone fucking crazy in India, apparently. Ha! Huh. So you learn. So actually, if you just re-listen to my entire fanfic and assume that he's been carrying a baby elephant with him the whole time, it might be a little easier. So that was my prompt uh, for Boss Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Family business. That's what I brought to the table this week. What did you bring to the table? So I uh, just kind of did, did a little, a, a little vignette. <laughs> vignette. Uh, okay. Because Boss Babies are fucking weird. <laughs> And and we we really you know we we really could be exploring the the horror of that situation uh, a bit more, especially because um, if I recall from the first one, they they got mind wiping technology. They got the little fucking men in black. What for babies? How did I fucking forget about this part? Yeah, um, I forgot about that too. In the sequel, there's a moment where once he realizes, oh no, my daughter is also a boss baby. And they bring in Boss Baby Prime, Alec Baldwin. He has to be like, yeah, she's like you. She's a baby and she works for Baby Corp. And he's like, I've got no clue what the fuck you're talking about, <laughs> Doc. 
I was I just I just wrote like a, a quick little thing to just kind of explore that a little bit. Okay. We had been trying for a baby for so long. Oh no. And maybe maybe <laughs> that's why I ignored the signs that anything strange was happening, that something was off. It seemed for the longest time that we might not be able to even have kids at all. And so I was so happy, so beyond joyful to have a baby. So something like a business suit onesie that neither of us could remember buying for the baby, but that it was nonetheless wearing was odd and maybe something I should have had more questions about, especially when it became the only thing he ever wanted to wear. But all I cared about was that I had my precious baby. Even if he did act weird, he kept taking my phone not to play games or watch videos, but to keep swiping towards the Stocks app. How do you even know how to keep getting to it? When we would put the TV on to play Disney Junior or Little Einsteins, he would just scream and scream his little lungs out and wouldn't stop until we put on CNBC. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he just found Jim Cramer soothing. I don't know. But then, and I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I swear to you, I heard him talk. Not like baby noises, but actual talking in a grown man's voice. Also, I didn't know about this was apparently the crux of the beginning of Boss Baby 2. <laughs> <laughs> he was alone in his crib, and the baby monitor picked up what sounded like a gruff-voiced man angrily discussing something about quotas and a, and a baby corp. I thought maybe the monitor was picking up some kind of weird frequency, but then I went and listened at his door, and I heard him. My baby! My partner would never believe me. It was just too bizarre. I felt like I was going crazy. What would happen, I wonder, if I confronted him? If I told him that I knew he could talk and I knew he was working for whatever baby corp is, would he just keep babbling and chewing on his plastic keyring, or would he look me in the eye and say something in that deep, terrible, grown-up voice? I'll do it. What's, what's the worst that could happen? Uh, I'm going crazy, I guess. Or that my baby is actually something entirely different. And then I really couldn't quite figure out this transition because I also wrote this in like uh, 20 minutes. Um, and so it's just like, memory zap of some kind goes here. And it would just end with, I love my new baby. He's so perfect and so precious in his little baby business suit. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's less uh, offensive <laughs> than what I did. So, you know, at least we've got that salvation waiting on us. Yes. Not as much time travel. <laughs> Not a lot of time. Well, I, I will expose something. This may have been an idea I had came up with imagining if we ever did a Back to the Future episode. And I was like, what would mine be? <laughs> and then I was like, I really want to write this idea. It's got baby in the title. Let's throw it in here, folks. But now we bossed the baby, Megan. We sure did. But we, <laughs> but we must move on to next week. And I feel like apologizing at the top of the show was not enough. I feel like I need to give our audience something they'll, they'll really appreciate and sink our teeth into. 
And since it's the good, good, gay-ass month, I figure we need to talk about some pirates, folks. Our flag means death, motherfucker, next week. The gee pirates. No, that was nothing. Fuck, I can't do that accent, man. The gee pirates, they steal the butter from the fancy part of the Walmart. Yeah. Fuck you. I like how... How do I appease our audience? Uh, they're all gay. They're all gay. <laughs> it's real easy to make them happy when you know they're just all gay. <laughs> uh, and that actually was a, a fan submission. I think that was from Adonis. So thank you for that one. It's your fault. We're going to ruin everyone's favorite show next week. Yeah. But un- until then, where can people find you on the Pendleton? <laughs> They can find me on Twitter at Meg underscore danger every now and again, every, every, every once in a while. I'm, I'm hither, I'm yawn, I'm there and gone or Tumblr. Oh, it's, oh, it's Templeton. Oops, my bad. <laughs> you can find me on the Templeton at <laughs> twitter.com slash Scotty Mo S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Check out all the other podcasts from JWF Ignition to Fight Boys. To the weird, the actual play TTRPG podcast where me, Megan, our good friend Charles deals with our bullshit as we hunt ghosts. We just finished a killer arc and we're, are, is the Q&A only on Patreon or are we letting everybody hear it? Oh no, everybody gets the Q&A. The pat- patrons just get it first. Okay, sick. Well, uh, we just did a Q&A for like the most recent arc and... I broke. <laughs> I b- broke halfway through it. <laughs> so check that out at jointheweird.com. Uh, thank you, Best Day, who makes some music that lets you know that you're about to hear some just utter bullshit. And some of it might be about Osama Bin Laden, I guess. <laughs> and then also the music that lets you know that you're done hearing about that. If you like it, you can hear more of it at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day. SoundCloud.com slash best baby. The best baby. Slash boss hyphen baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you can also get up all that good, good merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. They're all good, but bad, which is kind of at this point, I am realizing my brand as a human being, which is you want to hear something bad, but also kind of (laughs) good. Scotty Moore, nice to meet you. You want to buy a shirt that's like a crime in so many ways? (laughs) Merch.aloadofpurebs.com. But if you want to hear this bullshit early, I I might blame you. I was going to say I don't blame you, but I might. You can go to (laughs) patreon.com slash load of BS. As soon as these shows get edited, they go out live for the Patreons. And then the rest of you pukes gotta wait till Thursday. So you can join us at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Was this my jumping the shark moment, perhaps? (laughs) I think it might have been. (laughs) Was this the episode where Fun Fiction finally jumps the shark? Back in the day, it was like, oh, this should jump the shark when they added a baby. What (laughs) Well, I guess in a way, we have jumped to the shark the exact same way. I, I, I hate you. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> <laughs>